everybody. I'm Peter the Lesser, and he is Obi-Wan Mike Novi. You mean old Ben Mike Novi? I, w- I wonder if that is what I mean. <laughs> Together we're Rebels Rebels, the podcast where we explore the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode-by-episode episode deep dive on the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Today, our guests are... It's just Maddie and Savannah. <laughs> hey. So, they're our great lead in. They're our wives. <laughs> they don't have websites. They're not promoting anything. <laughs> We're making them do this. We just thought it'd be we fun to have. Breakfast, though, so. <laughs> we took them to breakfast. And we are. We thought it'd be fun. A fun episode to have them on. Yeah. So welcome. How's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having us. We know each other from our house. <laughs> <laughs> These are the people who put up with our crap, uh, like recording a podcast. So before we get started, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a ton. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at Rebels Rebels Pod or email the show at Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com. Oh, man. Are you ready to get started, Peter? I'm ready. Maddie, are you ready? Sure. Savannah, are you ready? Kinda. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's three and a half out of four. <laughs> That's good enough. So today's episode, we are doing a season one, episode six, Out of the Darkness. While on a supply run, Hera and Sabine find themselves stranded but not alone, in a seemingly abandoned location. It says locale, but I'd rather say location. Um, So the first scene, there is a little bit of a skirmish. The Phantom, which is their little attack ship, is being chased by a TIE fighter, but Hera outmaneuvers it and destroys that TIE fighter. Yeah, I'm going to just jump ahead. (laughs) I would like to say that I like that they started the episode with a lot of action. Get right in. And I'm totally sold on Hera. I love her. She's cool. She's tight. Yeah. Loved her. It was typical Star Wars, like right in with a bang. And yeah. yeah. That's nice. Mm -hmm. See, Maddie likes Hera. That's why we're married. That's (laughs) the literal reason why we're married. (laughs) You just, you got married way before the show, knowing that. Yep. She was the force. Do you take Hera to be your Hera? (laughs) I just want to talk about how she destroys one of the TIE fighters. Mm -hmm. She shoots a cliff and then the TIE fighters crash into each other. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that? Yeah. It was like, wait, what's the plan? They didn't say like, I think that would have been cleaner if after that had happened, they would have been like, oh, that was lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But it was like, that wasn't part of your plan. One of the things I thought about that is like, what if those were in like national monuments or something? Like, could you imagine if an airplane just flew through like the Rocky Mountains and blew up the top of one of the Rocky (laughs) Mountains? Eco-terrorism. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, So while evading those TIE fighters, the Phantom squeezes through a little bit of a canyon and there is a little bit of damage. They scrape the underbelly. We know there's damage because even though the computer says everything's fine, Harris says, I know my ship. There's something wrong, (laughs) which I thought that was a cool touch. 
Yeah. <laughs> I kept all. thinking that she was saying she knows her. Yeah, that's what oh. I thought too. I totally thought that too. Oh my god! She like, says it. Down, like, I know my. She, she know says my it stuff. twice Got in the it. episode, and I'm like, "That's cool. She knows her." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna start saying that from now on. I know my ship. Like at work, be like, "Are those TPS reports on the table?" I'm like, "Hey, don't get off my back. I know my ship." <laughs> <laughs> I like well, that. Well, also while they were like flying. Was it Ezra and Sabine mm-hmm. are like all up in her business. And it's like she's trying to like outmaneuver a bunch of TIE fighters. Leave her alone. Yeah. Like she knows what she's doing. Sit down. Let her do. Let her yeah. take also, care of it. They're also, just whining. Yeah. And also there's a pass when you're in space because there's no gravity within your ship. Right. So mm-hmm. spinning and moving around like. But they're in an essentially in an atmosphere shouldn't they be like falling around oh my gosh i didn't notice that they're not in seatbelt there's not if you're in a jet that's going that fast within an atmosphere you're going to get jostled huh i'm just gonna say that's dangerous yeah i i agree this episode um we've brought up a concept before of mom hera who's specific it's a specific characteristic of hera where she acts like the mom and that's my favorite character in Mm -hmm. rebels not just hera mom hera and this is like the most family dynamic-y of all the episodes. Like Sabine and Ezra and Zeb are the little kids and Kanan and Hera are the parents and Chopper's the drunk uncle. <laughs> yeah, so are, are Kanan, since I don't watch this, are Kanan and Hera together? Because she mm. calls him dear. It's complicated. Oh, oh okay. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know. Their Facebook status is, it's complicated. And what I really, what I, like, the note I wrote down was our Hera and Kanan Together, <laughs> at this point in the show, they freaking yeah. <laughs> they make him whoopee. Yeah. At this point in the show, you don't really know. Yeah, it's uh, six episodes in. They say deer and honey and things like that. It's yeah. a very um, close relationship. Yeah, but nothing is set in stone quite yet. You, Mike, you read the book. Yeah, is there anything romantic in the books? No, because it's when they first meet, and there's there is like a spark of like. Oh, they're interested in, yeah. Is this like a Luke and Lorelai type of scenario? Oh my gosh, great Mm. reference. That's what I'm sensing. Yeah. There's like a denial. I think it's a good way way to put it, probably, actually. Everyone okay? Yeah, we're fine, but I scraped the Phantom's underbelly. You? It was somewhat unavoidable. Once your plan went south. Ah, there we go. Knew there had to be a way this was my fault. And you were right, dear. You Like, but there's an underlying you feel like it's an inevitable and it's not happening yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna think of it something yeah like there's, yeah, there's definitely yeah spark something's burning there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like that cool um so sabine they get out of that close call and sabine is not having it she is questioning hera on why this mission was so important and hera says the info was from fulcrum which is a name we have heard for the first time and fulcrum's intel is on a need to know basis yeah i hate that when she says i need to know <laughs> like yeah. that is the most cliche response yeah totally from that brat stall i was curious do you i mean they don't really say but what was this mission they say there's something about a convoy what do you think they were trying to do with this mission yeah you never figure out what's in those crates what do you wish was in those crates I think it's an open-ended question. Hot pants. <laughs> Just bootleg CDs. <laughs> Just tons of bootleg CDs. 
just gonna go set up. They're just gonna go. They're just gonna like go. Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! This is like Spaceballs where they watch Spaceballs. Just a bunch of Rebel seasons. But okay, so also, who is Fulcrum? Like, can you? Will you guys tell us that, or is that not something we'll, that? We'll tell you off the air. Who do you yeah. think Fulcrum is? I'm hoping that it's like Princess Leia. Because they say... I don't even know what time period we're in, so she might not even be alive. Kanan says he. We get a gender pronoun. Oh, he does say he. Mm -hmm. He says he. But you hear Fulcrum's voice a little bit. Yeah. It's a bit warbled. So, I don't know. And like, gender's a construct anyway, so... Yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any guesses, Savannah? I have absolutely zero guesses. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, who else is who else is uh, the, in in Star Wars? The, I only know. Like, I'm just gonna tell Leia, you so. the answer would. It's gonna underwhelm you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um. So, I might cut this out because it's weird. But have you ever noticed how sensual it is when the Phantom like slides into the ghost? It's yeah. like it's like uh, <laughs> no. uh, you're so gross. No, it, it's like the ambiguously gay duo. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even mean it like yeah, that. I meant like, oh, have you ever like it. are oddly satisfying? It's a Reddit thread for oddly satisfying, yeah. and it's like normal run of the day, like mill things that are weirdly satisfying. Like, oh, I was thinking of the yeah. I know car. what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Is it Ace and Gary? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they get back to the ghost and mom and dad are bickering. I feel like this is another like sitcom-y family yeah. situation where it's like, somehow I knew this was my fault. Wah, wah. This yeah. May, yeah, this may be the yes, most. Yes, dear. Yeah. <laughs> It, this may be the most sitcom episode of like the whole season. Totally, I'm gonna put a lot of laugh tracks underneath. Th- this. this is this is like this is the silliest episode in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Sabine goes on and on about Fulcrum. Who's Fulcrum? Who's feeding them this intel? What's going on? But the question that I'm more interested in is, what are Kanan and Hera drinking? Yeah. When they go in, they go into the cockpit and like all the kids are away and they're like, oh, we can finally relax and they have like a hot cup or something. I thought it looked delicious. Yeah. There was no steam. Oh, I man. wanted it to be tea. I thought, yeah, that's my I first am. thought. Was Relaxing like, tea. Oh, just tea. So I know what it is. Oh, I was okay. just wondering um, what you thought. They are drinking spirin calf, which is a specific type of calf. Do you guys want to know what calf is? Yeah. Is yes. Half, half calf? So calf <laughs> is a bitter brewed beverage that has stimulating properties because of the caffeine it contains. Coffee. So, so it's tea. Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just drinking some Red Bulls in a cup. Yep. Cool. Uh, um, Those are so, their, their man cups. <laughs> um, so they like did a, I, a piece of information I found is that drinking the calf with Hera reminded Canaan of their time together on the moons of Rion. It's dumb. Oh. <laughs> so how long have they I've known each that, other? I've read that book. That doesn't happen in that book. Oh, they don't drink coffee once in that book? I mean, how many people in this room have read it? Okay, fair point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How long? Yeah. Mike, can you answer that? How long have they known each other? Uh, At this point, it's not that long. This is still pretty new. I'm I'm maybe pulling this out of thin air, but I think it's been like five years. I'm going to look this up while we're talking. Okay, cool. While you're looking it up. Um, Kanan says something interesting to the kids 
where he says it's Hera's job to find missions that create problems for the empire and profit for us. If she trusts the contact, I trust the contact. No questions asked, which I get that that they don't like, they have a trusting relationship, which is nice, but like, why would they want like specifically want to cause trouble to the empire while they're trying to make themselves rich? That sounds like, Oh, I really want to rob this bank, but I also want to really piss off the police while I'm doing it. Yeah. I feel like that's normal. <laughs> I don't know. That's part, yeah. That's yeah, like, part I feel it. like that's like, yeah, that's part of oh. who they are. And like, I know you get to give a good old, like, screw you to the. Uh, maybe I just don't have the rebel spirit like <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I, know. I was like, you, like, you should be point. more sneaky. Be more careful. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's the point. I like that. Oh my gosh. I mean, get in trouble. No, like, of course they're gonna get in trouble. That's why they're doing it. Yeah, it's the. I mean, it's the ethical side of what what's going on. It's like if they were just trying to make money, they wouldn't be rebels. They'd just be yeah, space pirates. They'd just be space capitalists. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be Lando. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Lando. Sorry, was yeah, that, no. that was a little. little no, hard. that's a good poll. Good one. Yeah. Um. Did you find it, Mike? Nope. Cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> let's say five years I'm, like, okay. I'm just gonna keep looking okay so a new dawn the book takes place in 11 bby and this is taking place <laughs> so you guys know this is before the yeah. battle of yavin so yeah. how time is measured is, it? Yeah. is the turning did you just guess that yeah I said talking to your mic i said it was before yoda and i was right <laughs> no no before yoda not before yoda. Oh my God. This, Why you tell me before the Battle of Yavin. B- BBY. Oh my gosh. So when the when the Death Star explodes in the first Star Wars movie, that essentially splits time. Yeah. In the, in the calendar. It's like, it's like BC. That's the birth of Christ. AD. So before this is eleven years before that happened. I like before Yoda better though. Before Yoda. Well, Yoda was born like hundreds of years. No, it's ago. just so before just we meet be, Yoda. We know be before yeah. Yoda. The whole galaxy is centered around when we meet Yoda. <laughs> Back before Wait, Yoda. No, yeah. Yeah. Like when Maddie. <laughs> yeah, when Maddie meets you. All right, so 11 BBY is when they meet, and this show is taking place probably in 5 BBY, so six years. Okay, cool. All right. Nice. Not. Good pool. Thank you. Not Perfect. interesting at all. <laughs> Not Push anticlimactic on. at all. <laughs> um. So they, Sabine comes in, and chats with mom a little bit and she says because of her time at the imperial academy she is done just following orders and not asking questions yeah she uh, does not like what is going on so six episodes in i feel like our character like sabine as a character hasn't earned that like these yeah. moments like she will in seasons to come but like to do this like to interject a character point this soon in a show i feel like is it just does it carries no weight this is a good question for you guys actually um since you don't have a lot of context how do you feel about sabine sabine is me in high school <laughs> oh my gosh. i had down no to right the to have any of the complaints that i had but i made them <laughs> wholeheartedly <laughs> yeah see like i i saw her i was like yeah i get that sabine i would want to know what's going on too and i feel like they're like imposing this kind of militaristic viewpoint on them like you only mm-hmm. need to know what you need to know and it's like screw you like tell us if we're all putting our lives on the line like tell us what we need to know totally. that's how i felt i i mean i i like the rationale like 
if you're captured though by the empire you we, we, you actually won't know and she's like i could i could i could stay in torture i'll be fine mm-hmm. yeah i, I think know. it makes sense i'm I, the bigger question i was interested in is i do think it's pretty reasonable that she wants to know but i remember specifically when this aired Everyone hated Sabine. Oh, yeah. They hated Sabine more than they hated Ezra. And Ezra Why? sucks in the but first But was season. that like boy nerds? I think so. I think mm-hmm. it's like, a, mm-hmm. what's, what's the wife from Breaking Bad? Um, oh, Skylar. Skylar. Yeah. It's like the Skylar syndrome. Like, okay, but Skylar was really actually horrible. <laughs> but you see, that's that's my point. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's yeah, just, she was. She just I would do probably what she did. <laughs> she's like upset her husband selling meth. Yeah, like, like oh a, yeah, and sorry. putting their family in danger. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, it. oh, she's such a shrill <laughs> woman. It's like, yeah, it's just the way the show portrays. Totally. Her. Yeah, yeah. And so Sabine's made a good turnaround. I think a lot of people really like her now. But in the first season, I think like. She just had some valid complaints, and well, yeah, people are not into it. I th- well, more than that, I think her character just—you're presenting good material for like a character development, but to do it that soon, like I don't know, I feel like there's no foundation for it to be on. Yeah, so it that's doesn't my, feel earned that's for this problem. specifically yeah, thing, that's specific thing. I think that's true because this is the first we've heard, right, that she was part of the Imperial Academy, and it's just kind of like a throw-in, like. But like, know. what it. What does she have to do to earn that? She's putting her life on the line. Well, she's saying like, hey, I'm here to fight right next to you. Like, what do you have to do to earn to say like, hey, can you fill me in a little bit more? Well, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's a question about having to earn it within the show. I'm talking more like outside the show as like us as viewers. Like how people write write the character. From a writing perspective, she's not earned it. None of these characters have earned those moments because it's been six episodes. Got it. So Mm -hmm. it's like there's like you you need a motivation as a writer it's like you can't just have a villain who's evil for evil's sake yeah or she's okay. just rebellious for rebellious sake it's I like I, i'm tr- like i want to know i want her i want those moments to be earned because it's just coming off annoying <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah um so it turns out they have an upcoming mission with fulcrum where they have to pick up something some crates and sabine says i'm tired of listening i demand to go on this and so i'm going with you and i'm not asking permission so she's going on the mission before they can go on that mission though they have to run a diagnostic on the phantom because remember it scraped that canyon Mm -hmm. and they have to make sure it's all fixed so hera tasks zeb and chopper and ezra for running the diagnostic and making sure everything is fixed and Hijinks ensue. <laughs> not funny. Hold it. We're not done here. The diagnostic's still running. You can run a diagnostic on top of it. Done with it. And this is I, okay. goofy. These, these buffoons. <laughs> like, I don't understand how they're just kind of like, oh, well, sorry, I didn't fix it. Like, sentence them to death. Like, this is not okay. Seems reasonable. Zeb, I hate Zeb. Ezra's just annoying to me. I mean, droids are cute, so I like that droid, but. <laughs> I also liked, like, part of it was like they had to flush the life support system, and Chopper flushes this gas right in Ezra's face. And, like, what if it was just like poison. super poison and they just <laughs> he just suffocated Ezra? I do like the shot of Ezra on top of Chopper and him spinning because it looks yeah. like Toy Story. It looks like he's <laughs> it looks like he's Woody. He's like so flimsy and totally. It's a little silly. 
This is, this episode's too silly for me. Hmm. Yeah, um, we'll get to our ratings at the end, but yeah, it's <laughs> pretty silly. Um, so it turns out because of said hijinks, there is a flashing red light on the diagnostic screen that nobody notices. Did you translate that Arabesh? I did. It just I was like, oh, this will be really interesting, but it just has like, like warning. Yeah, it's it's there was not any interesting Arabesh in this episode. Um, All right. So we get to the Fort Anaxis where they are going. So Sabine and Hare are going to Fort Anaxis to pick up this. I don't know, but just crates. They yeah, could just, just be cargo. empty crates for all we know. We have no idea. And, More hot pants. Uh, the what? More hot pants. Yeah, just hot pants. <laughs> and they get a transmission from Frolcom telling them where to get the cargo. Cargo and Sabine interjects. And like yells, like, I'm coming too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how Fulcrum just rolls with it. It's like, wait, is there an issue? It's like, oh, just what is it? Specter oh, yeah. five. Why are they all Spectre called Specter? Why are what is that? It's a, their code name. So yeah. their ship it's a it's a funny thematic thing that's pretty it's like they're they're uh, it's like they set up the theme party for their life. Yeah. <laughs> so they call their ship the ghost. Mm-hmm. They have a mini ship that attaches from the ghost that you saw in the beginning called the Phantom. That's what they're taking down to the Fort Naxxus. Yep. And then their code names are Spectres. So mm-hmm. Spectre 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yeah. Who's one? Is it Kanan? Kanan is number one. Yeah. I think Hera should Hera is number two. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> Ezra's the last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they call themselves like this like spectral theme because they're ship is called the ghost because it can like hide its signature and act like kind of like a ghost so i like the idea that they themed their entire life over like their vehicle mm-hmm. attribute so like if I had a car that went real fast i'd be like okay call me speedy <laughs> well it's like if you owned a malibu and you're like i'm i'm flamingo, um, I'm, flamingo. I'm flamingo one and he's flamingo this is fedora <laughs> Um, I'm so, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's used. Yeah. Um, so some info f- about Fort Anaxis. It looks like Crate. Yeah. Um, I was always wondering if this is where they got the d- model design for Crate. Possibly. Because those huge front doors. Yeah. The wide the open base. space in front. I was like, and Crate was the place in The Last Jedi. Yeah. If you guys. The that. planet I don't think looks like that. But yeah, totally. I could see like the... The fort, the fort looks design. exactly like that yeah. with the big doors. I guess kind of Hoth did that first. Mm-hmm. So some interesting stuff about this is um, this fort is actually on an asteroid, an asteroid with atmosphere. Uh, what? It's asteroid PM 1203. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just an asteroid. It's an asteroid left over from a planet that shattered. Okay. So, so if a planet shattered, how did how does atmosphere remain the atmosphere shattered too i don't know i'm not a scientist i'm not a scientist either but i feel like if a a planet shatters so so goes the atmosphere i don't know that's weird to me i don't know does i don't know know anything about works no but like so the asteroids that are floating around it are the shattered planet what about like the actual place where they are yeah that's part of the shattered planet too who knows how does a planet shatter too? Someone it just froze, drop it? It got frozen <laughs> and someone dropped it. I don't know. <laughs> I tried to look up information about that, but they, they said, so there's some backstory that was going to be used in the Clone Wars. That's actually kind of bananas. Like, you know, those explosive canisters that they use at the end of the episode. Yeah. 
the separatists were mining that on the planet and they were going to fill up a ship with those explosives and then ram it into a Republic building is like a giant suicide bomb thing. And then they ended up foiling that plan. But then for some reason there was a, they just hit cataclysm that caused the planet to shatter. So that's kind of the premise of the book, the moon. uh, And like, that's what's going on in that book, a new dawn. Oh, so really? Rhinon. That's so, interesting. So maybe they use if, use some of that stuff. I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah, they actually filmed in the Clone Wars stuff at Ford and Axis, um, but the episodes were never finished. I think you can watch them on YouTube, but like mm. the animation's weird because there's like it's big like swaths that they just yeah. never got to. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So they land on there to pick up the stuff from Fulcrum, but Fulcrum is just not there. And nope. Sabine doesn't like that. The mystery man. I don't know. Maybe Fulcrum didn't like your attitude. I know I didn't. You do see her logo on the crate, though. Yeah. So they end up like, all right. Well, Fulcrum's not here, but they left. Wait, the stuff on you there. just said we see her logo. Oh, Who? Oh no. Who's, is Fulcrum a her? Maybe. <laughs> Gender's just a social construct. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how the Millennium Falcon is a her. It's just like a concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's they's logo. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why this is like, so you're right. One of the crates has Fulcrum's logo on it and Hera's like, oh, I'll get that one. And like, rushes and gets that one first. So it's like, yeah. Sabine can't even handle the crate with Fulcrum's logo on it. That's how protective Hera is. I don't know. Well, maybe there's like a person in it. <laughs> oh, maybe that's the cargo. <laughs> and so this is when they get into the conversation about why you can't know about Fulcrum is yeah. because if you, if you don't actually know about it you can't give up any information if you're if you're captured mm-hmm. and they uh Hera makes the point of we think the empire can make anyone talk hmm. dark yeah so did has Hera ever spent any time with anyone from the empire well, because sabine knows the empire because she yeah. was with them right totally sabine's been she was in academy so she was like training with the empire yeah. how did she get free can you guys i mean I, I don't, if we don't want to talk about this right now that's fine i'm just kind of curious like what's the backstory she chose to she deserted like, yeah she's she pretty saw much like some stuff that she, she was not cool with and so she bounced yeah she's she like, like created kind, yeah, kind of but a little more noble he yeah. kind of he kind of left in a cowardly way yeah like because he was scared she left because she had some ethical like yeah uh you respect yeah. Her, her decision a little bit more yeah she was like she helped kind of create something terrible that was going to destroy her people and she had all this guilt about it. And yeah. What did she create? She created this super, this crazy weapon that you end up seeing, I think at the end of the season. Not this season. Oh, it's, no. it's, what season is it's it? It's a couple seasons later. Oh, oh it's I think it's this four. current oh, it's season. In season yeah, the four. one they're, they're in oh, right yeah. now. So they end up fleshing out her backstory a lot, which is kind of interesting. She has all this like family legacy stuff that she ran away from and joined the Imperial Academy. Yeah. She has an interesting story. Yeah. Um, Just not at this point of the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So to reassure Sabine, Hera says a little bit of a speech. And I just want to know how you feel about this. Does it pull on your heartstrings? What not? She says, we need to have faith. There's a long-term plan. Bigger than you and me. Bigger than Lothal. Bigger than the entire Outer Rim. Kanan knows what he's doing. Boring. 
I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm alone on this. Yeah. And also, I think it's interesting because this is the first we, we hear about like a more long-term plan um, and a bigger plan that this is connected to more of the universe. And I think that's part of what Sabine's like issue is, which I don't really get the connection, but she's like, if I left the Imperial Academy for blah, 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 I need to know there's more than this. Like, okay. Isn't there like, uh, I mean, there's like a rebel army right at this point or no? Uh, so not at this point. So that's or, like, what's interesting about this. People can't be open about it yeah. or like, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. At they don't know how point, they're connected. Yep. At this point in the, in the story, there's some rebels like our crew, but there's no rebel like me alliance. And Savannah. It's pretty yeah, much like, just yeah. guerrilla warfare yeah. right now. Okay. And they don't know if they're connected to anything larger. Oh, okay. And so Fulcrum, I think, is tying it the first together a little of bit. There's something bigger okay. in the show. So some crates go missing. They load up the crates. And then we see that some have gone missing. Um, and so they bust out their flashlights, which mm-hmm. are always on them, and start walking in towards the fort. And Hera makes the, uh, what, I don't know, what does she say? She pretty much says that we're not dealing with a who, but a what. Yeah. yeah. I like to think that they were, they're actually sentient. They're just like, they Rhinox? don't get time. Yeah. They don't get time to like, to know them, but they're actually sentient and they hear her go like, we're not dealing with a who, but a what. And like in the background, it's like, Hey, right. ow, that hurts my feelings. And that's why they're so mad. <laughs> like, they called us a what? Let's get them. Well, if you think about it. I mean, Let's right. Go say hi. <laughs> yeah. That's why they were all scrambling. Right when one appears, it like growls, and the first thing they do is shoot it. Yeah. So it's like, what if they were like, "Hey, what's up? Welcome." I know. I was like getting up behind them. Kill, like, kill, 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 kill. Welcome. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And what if they were just like, "Oh, you guys got to take these crates out of the sun. They're gonna spoil. We'll put them in the shade. Okay. We're gonna put them in the shade." <laughs> Yeah, they are. We find out they are afraid of the light, so they might just be like, "Oh my gosh, these crates—they're gonna—they're gonna burn up in the sun." Oh man, how I am legend is this? Oh, I was yeah. thinking that too. Right? I was totally thinking like that. the whole time. There's a couple movie things, and then actually, right when they start shooting and they're holding the flashlights, there's this shot of the flashlight falling onto the ground. Mm-hmm. Does it remind anyone else of a, a movie? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Oh. Mm-hmm. It is exactly that shot. Yeah. It's almost exactly the shot in Jurassic Park where they're yeah, down there yeah, and the, the raptors are coming out, totally. and the flashlight falls and spins. It's like a shot by shot. It would be the most boring meme, but I want to put them together. Um, so it turns out that, first of all, I like that we see a L-A-A-T, a lat, which is like kind of like that weird plane thing that shoots mini Death Star lasers from the Clone Wars. Like that's the oh, ship yeah. that's crashed in there that all the Frynox are hanging around when yeah. the looks is like, it's a what? Um, so it's just kind of like a cool little Easter egg. But we find out that these creatures are called Frynox and the sun screws them up. So they're safe as long as they stay out of the shadows and as long as asteroids don't block the sun. Because as we said, they're in an asteroid field. So these big asteroids are blocking the sun. When it's shade out, they come and attack. Yeah. I. How do you feel about these creatures? Yeah. Let's take it. Let's, let's hear you. Temperature guys I thought room. they were kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. They're not super scary, right? No. I thought they were scary. <laughs> Maddie was scared. Yeah. I was scared. I wrote like multiple. I wrote so scary. Scary, <laughs> scary monsters can't go in the light. Oh, <laughs> and I wrote something else like too scary. <laughs> I get scared really easily though. I think I like them because they look like the dragon from How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. yeah they do. It's always like, they're cute. 
Toothless? Yeah, it was like Toothless, yeah. yeah. It got very horror movie with the music and everything. Yeah, the music is super good. This show gets... This is this first season. Like, I want you to. I'm, I'm mostly making a pitch to Savannah. <laughs> Here's why I want you to watch Please it. Please watch it. Please watch Please. this with Please. me. It gets really, it gets really dramatic and really serious after this season. I would say seasons two through four are. It's like watching a drama. Yeah. I mean, this season is like watching a kid show with hints of serious and dramatic notes, but that ratio really changes like pretty quickly. Yeah, like I remember, yeah, Peter was saying that like there's episodes where like people die and stuff. Yeah, like, and it's stuff. like, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the music, and there's some really beautiful shots, and the music is, I don't know, especially good. That's what happens when you have John Williams doing your music, though. Yeah. So well, so John Williams doesn't do the music for this. I mean, it was, I mean, based on. I forgot the dude's name, but yeah, he basically just copies John Williams' yeah. music, which is kind of like, I feel like that's a good gig if you got the talent for it. Like, you don't have to think of your own original stuff. You just yeah. kind of like changed as yeah. one note totally um uh, it's funny you put this note in here but i was also looking this up that originally these fry knocks mm-hmm. were going to be called knock fries or like, like it was like i think it was pronounced like knock fear knock fears which is basically dave filoni the creator trying to say night fears yeah okay. um and they ended up changing it to fry knocks yeah, they said they they reversed the syllables. I don't really know what... Like, I couldn't really decode it, like, what they mean by reverse the syllables, but it just kind of looks like they did a word jumble and kind of just moved them around. Which is very Star Wars. But it bug, does it bug you that they're called Frynox? Yes, it does. And me. they're... You already yes. know what I'm going to say. I know what you're going to say. Okay, so first of all, before I even say this, sense. why does that bug you, Savannah? I just don't like it. You just it. don't like it? It sounds awful. It does. <laughs> so what so. you might not remember is in Empire Strikes Back, there's a creature called a Minoc. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. it was uh, Pablo Hidalgo confirmed they have no relationship other than the name sounding similar. Hmm. And that's why it bugs me. Yeah, that's why it bugs me too. I'm like, what? you were, I don't know. For anyone who's a Star Wars fan, you're making a connection, but you're saying that there's no connection. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, like, okay. But like, lots of words sound the same and yeah, don't like, mean the same <laughs> thing. Like, that's okay, right? Like, I don't know, like, rhinoplasty and like a rhinoceros. Well, I guess they're, I mean, I guess those yeah. could be related. But like, a are there bit, animals the horn and stuff. that sound the mm. same but are completely they're different? Like, totally yes. Different. Duck build platypus in a duck. <laughs> okay. And, come on, okay. But, yeah. I don't know. That one's like as a duck bill, but it's yeah. not duck bill. I feel like it would be more like let's think. It would more. be like if went like, "Hey, come over here and pet my dog, but watch out because we have wild Ducks. bogs Ducks. <laughs> like, <laughs> walking around. Super dangerous bogs, but like cool dogs that are super cute. Maybe it's like saying Maybe. koala bear and like panda bear. They're not in the same family. Yeah, okay. they're not bears. Yeah. Koala bear, panda bear. They end in the Marsupial. same thing. Knock and knock. Bear, bear bear. Yeah. Maybe that's so maybe it's a pass. Maybe. Okay. I like it now. (laughs) Announcement. I like it now. (laughs) So the Frynox attack and they 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 murder them all. They 
they murder all these sentient beings. <laughs> Can I just say that the guns or whatever yeah. they use in this show are just so soothing compared to the ones that are normally used? Like, <laughs> I was so relieved it was so quiet. I was like, yes. Yeah, they're like, pew, pew, pew. This is what my dreams are. Yeah. It is kind of weird quiet. to me, too, that it's like they give like the girls like little lady guns. Like, is you that what it is? That what oh, was going I didn't on? even yeah. see it. It's like Hera's gun is like a little tiny little cute blaster. It's like, pew, 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 pew. Compared like, to whose? But like, Zab has like a big old rifle. It's like, yeah, like, I don't like, like, like yeah. things like that. Which, like, I would trust Hera way more with a big <laughs> weapon than Zeb. Yeah. Mm. I eat Doritos, but my wife eats Lady Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get I, your wife what she wants for Valentine's Day. Oh, Lady, Lady Doritos. Doritos. <laughs> I love the I'll premise. I love the premise of Lady Doritos. Yeah. They don't crunch as loud. Is that really? They're the not. Thing? Yeah. It's a thing. They, yeah. There's a bag meant to fit in your purse, and it doesn't have as much dust that comes off on your hands, so you don't have to and lick your hands when you crunch. Yeah. Yeah, because they're getting a lot of crap for that. Yeah, they should. <laughs> what? That's stupid. Yeah. Um. So they're safe because they're in the sun for now, and the ship is parked in the sun. Yeah. But Sabine notices a big old asteroid. A big ass asteroid. <laughs> a big asteroid. <laughs> um, and it's about to block out the sun for a very long time. So they run back to the ship and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to get out of here. But they notice they can't take off. I wonder why. <sighs> oh boy. The oh boys. Someone should have checked here. the diagnostic screen because there is a fuel leak on the Phantom and they cannot go anywhere let's hear it for the boys <laughs> that's so it's so ridiculous i just feel like this, i love it, how mad you are about this is, it's just that's unacceptable if you are in charge of fixing my okay pretend this is like a plane that you're taking to la and some guys forgot to like fill up the fuel yeah no thank you that's what i'm saying <laughs> like sentenced to death <laughs> easy in their defense Someone was razzing them, so they had to like get into some good old fashioned <laughs> brawling. <laughs> no, that's no defense. Oh, I like it. Um, I also love the next scene. We shoot back onto the ghost where. Oh wait! Before we get get too deep into it, there. I, this might be my favorite Easter egg of the whole the whole oh, series. Wow. Did you guys notice what Zeb is eating while he's like yes. kicked back and his thing? Listen to some really cool hip hop music. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. That's the scene I was going to go to. Uh, Love yeah. The music. But did you notice what he was eating? It looked like Doritos. Waffles. Waffle fries. He's eating space waffles. Those are space waffles? Yeah, and remember yeah, in episode three, Hera sends them on a shopping run with a shopping list, and if you translate the Orabesh, one of the things that they put on there is space waffles. Mm-hmm. So Zeb is eating the space waffles that he went and shopped for in episode three. Great. Wow. Nice. It wow. all ties together. They're so careful. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> yeah, and I want to know who, uh, and who do you think is playing this music? What band? What are those bands called? Max Rebo Band? No, there's a poster uh, on his on their wall. Uh, yeah. Cantina Band? <laughs> that, yeah, that's the Cantina like, Band, Max uh, Rebo Band. Oh, no, wait. Max Rebo Band is the Jedi Band. The Jedi, the Return of the Jedi Band. You're so thinking you're right. of uh, Friggy and Dan and the Module Nodes. Oh, good one. <laughs> the Cantina Band. <laughs> Love that band. Um, oh, I don't remember. I'll look that up for another episode because I will spend plenty of time on the ghost. But there are music posters hung up on the yeah. roof. But like one of them is like the music's very like kind of generic like yeah put in some uh, cool young people hip hop 
<laughs> are you getting George Lucas right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what, what, what are the young, young people like? My, I, I know I sold the show to Disney, but like, could you please add in some hip hop music to this part? <laughs> my son Jetster really likes hip hop. <laughs> uh, so, Hera gets super mom Hera on them. And I love how Zeb just kind of melts. He's writing about, he's like, being all tough and he's like all right i'm taking you guys out because you're bugging me while i'm eating my space waffles and then hera calls is like did you run the diagnosis he's like oh oh, oh my gosh <laughs> like hera is the scariest part of the rebels crew yeah. by far go ahead specter 2 you did run a full diagnostic on the phantom correct of course and you checked the results <laughs> Spectre 2, there might be a small problem with a few line. Small problem? Uh, guys, we have a situation. All right, so uh, Zeb goes back to look at the diagnostic, and he finds out that they indeed did run it, but they did not read it. Oh, Wait, wow. Come on. <laughs> come on. So the fuel line is broken. This is like so cheesy. Such a good dad joke, but I love that they run to Kanan and he's like meditating and yeah. being all stoic. And it's like, hey, we have something to tell you. And he's like, Heron and Sabine are in trouble. Should have a shot. I'll check you into the wall. We have to tell Kanan, but don't tell him it's our fault. <sighs> okay. Kanan. Kanan. Heron and Sabine are in danger. Wow, how could you tell? Could you sense it? No. I could hear you two yelling outside the door. <laughs> oh, Dad. Oh, shucks. That's a good one. I've just realized how little of Kanan is in this episode. Yeah, Pretty true. Little. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about that? This this episode's all about girl power. That's why we had Maddie and Savannah. Mm, yeah. On. yeah. Nice. Thanks, yeah. I really think it was. Because yeah. it was like you showing these two ladies that are smart and hardworking and problem solvers mm -hmm. and working together and generally saving themselves which was very cool yeah but i mean there is a bit of a canaan comes in and saves the day yeah. moment but would they have survived probably not mm, interesting we had that big deus machina moment at the end mm -hmm. which is again a star wars thing have just someone come in at the last moment and save everybody yeah cheap writing so their plan is they notice, they're like, okay, Kanan's on his way, but they're not going to get here in time for that asteroid to come block stuff out. So we need to figure out a plan. And their plan is act like it's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> Take out Frynox in waves. Because yeah. when things attack you, they always come in waves. <laughs> they, yeah. they usually wait patiently. They wait patiently. <laughs> You're in okay. your next station. Let the first group go. Okay, everyone hold. <laughs> I like the that there's... Because we've hold. established they're sentient. I like... The idea that there's like a hall monitor fry knock with like a yellow vest. He's like, all right, wait, 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 wait. Group two up. Go, 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 go. Or it's like a Disney ride. Oh, right, yeah. You guys get on? You guys get on? <laughs> He's doing the Disney point. There's like a specific point they teach you when you work at Disney. Right <laughs> two fingers. Yeah. Um. So the plan is Sabine notices there's Rhydonium hanging around. So that's that explosive thing I was mentioning before. Um. A little bit on Rhydonium is it is rocket ship fuel and it is very poisonous and very explosive so a little tidbit about it is that the ships at the battle of jakku were using uh rhydonium 
So if you remember in Force Awakens, they're on Jakku and there's all those crashed like Star Destroyers and stuff. That's because there's a giant battle in the certain above the planet and all the ships crashed in the battle. And so all the sands on Jakku are poison because of this fuel leaking into the sand. So it's very dangerous for scavengers to live there. So we're at the BP headquarters right now. Oof, political. <laughs> Why does everyone always want to go back to Jakku? <laughs> Is Jack who where Ray lives? Yep. Yeah, that's okay. where they found Ray. Um, so it's pretty good she got off that planet, yeah. or else she would have space cancer. She's probably yeah, she probably has like <laughs> lymphoma. Yeah. Probably why Uncarved Plute was probably a human for a while. Oh my god! Where's <laughs> 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 my ship? <laughs> um, so Uncarved Plute. <laughs> um. Because of this, they're shooting these barrels and exploding them every time a wave comes. Nice. And they're able to kind of like hold them off for a little bit until they run out of barrels. Yeah. I noticed before, like they're they're waiting. They're like, there's a fifth wave or a fourth wave. And they're like, oh, oh. we didn't plan for a fifth wave. And before they do that, they're like, all right. They go back to back yeah, and tight. hold their guns up like they're on a bad boys Screenshot. like poster yeah. with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. <laughs> and then Harris straight up goes, let's do it. <laughs> and like, I wanted there to be like electric guitar. Yeah, I was just light it up. Light it up. <laughs> like electric guitar. So cool. Then someone in the background would be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also am confused why Harris says, don't go inside the the Phantom. Go on top of it. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel like the yeah. Phrynox could break into the Phantom. So it seems like a suicide move. So she mentions move. that earlier, actually. She says that, like, judging from what they did to those crates, we're not going to be safe in the Phantom. So yeah. I think the idea is if well, they But go they scratched in, the crates. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know scratch if she's marks right. on the crates. <laughs> but she I made a know. choice. I don't like it. I would have... If it was me, I would have gone inside rather than on top of. 100%. Yeah. Like if it can survive space, it could uh, some scratches. Yeah, I think it would be be fine. fine. They don't; those creatures don't look that vicious. Um, So there's a really weird thing that we noticed while watching it that they jump on top of the phantom, and a Frynok jumps up, and Hera like kicks it off, and then it cuts to them doing some witty banter of like, "This looks grim," blah 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 blah. And then it cuts. We're going to die. That's no secret. Oh That's yeah, yeah. yeah it's That's that a part. Weird line. That's a weird line. First of all, but then they cut back to the exact same scene uh, of Hera kicking a fry knock off. They huh. they literally <laughs> copied and pasted the same like two seconds right after each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually didn't notice it at all. Maddie picked that up when we we're watching yesterday. It's it's wild. Mm, um, but wonder. that 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 line did bug me because first of all, like I don't like. When people say, like, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> because anyone ever said that to you in your entire life? I feel like this entire episode was things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's <laughs> <a> cliche. <laughs> That's so true, yeah. It was, it's like, not well cliche written. after cliche, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, like, uh, Sabine says something about, like, oh, this was earlier, but this is another bad scene where it's like, this looks grim. And she's like, I'll take grim right now. Like, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean you'll take Grimm up, up yeah, compared what? to what? And like, how does Grimm help you? Uh, <laughs> maybe Grimm is a space food. <laughs> I'll take some Grimm. <laughs> I'll take some Grimm. Yeah, I'll take some Grimm right now. Oh, are you, you buying? <laughs> oh, cool, yeah, I'll take some Grimm. <laughs> it's space gun. They call it Grimm. <laughs> I like that. Um, so they're up on top and then... 
the full Star Wars theme comes in, which I don't remember any other time in the series. And do you think that this moment warrants the full? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it does the full like. I don't think the ship coming in warrants that. Yeah. Doesn't seem that dramatically no. satisfying. Not that epic. When I heard that song, I was like, oh my God, Luke Skywalker's here. <laughs> oh, it's just them. Wow. <laughs> they just Ezra with a stupid slingshot. Oh, God. So the ship's coming in. They put like Ezra as point person to like hold off the Frynox for some reason, but they don't give him a gun. He's using that stupid slingshot he has. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about that slingshot? Yeah, what is it? That's like it his do? weapon. Like it, uh, that, does you know, it electrocute? That's what I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah, does it electrocute? What does it do? Because we don't know what the hell it does. <laughs> or is it like a stun, like a taser kind of? That's how yeah, I saw kinda, it. kind of, but it doesn't even seem to really affect Frynox. Yeah. We've, we've seen it doesn't work on Stormtroopers, and it doesn't work on Frynox. What does it work on? <laughs> I think slingshots are great. I bought my nephew one for Christmas. And I broke I it within that, seconds. I think they're oh, no. classic, you know. Just like I, classic. I loved it. Yeah. Classic Dennis the Menace. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she bought our, our nephew a slingshot and he's like, like a wooden, oh, like a wooden one. That's and I was tight. showing him how to use it. Literally, he had just unwrapped it on Christmas Day and I was like, check out, this is what you do. And I pulled it back and it's, it broke. And I was oh like, my gosh. It's We're, for five year old pools, not like 33 yeah. year old man. <laughs> 32. <laughs> oh. It's like very, it's very Bart Simpson. I like it. We're going to name this episode the episode where Mike ruins Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if it's effective, but it's cool. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to have one pro slingshotter on this entire <laughs> podcast. I like that Ezra, sa- Ezra says Carabas too, which is a a, uh, a a curse word in Zeb, his mm-hmm. native language. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think we've ever heard anyone but Zeb say uh, it Carabast. Oh, Carabast. So... Um, I just hated that whole scene, though, where Ezra's like, oh, they don't seem too scary. And then, like, yeah. just, like, f- fracks it up for everyone. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, why do they keep giving him <laughs> chances here? I just, or, like, get, like, create a little bit more structure for him because he's not succeeding. Yeah. Wait, is he Freddie Prince Jr.? No, Kanan's Freddie oh, Prince Jr. Okay, I, I wanted more. Most important, I, I wanted more. I always want PJ. Exactly. <laughs> when Don't I, when we all? When we first started watching, I was like, "Oh, his voice is sexy." <laughs> like, oh, I, I know. remember we addressed that like, on the podcast. Zach, Zach Seiler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. she's all that forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I also like after they're done doing the rescue, like Zeb doesn't say like, "Oh, I'm glad you guys are safe. You guys are all right." He like grabs Ezra and goes, "Good moves out there, champ." <laughs> Which not, not, not good moves. Good moves. <laughs> no, there were bad moves. moves. And is that him. really who you should be like pulling up in this situation? Like, thanks for surviving that harrowing ordeal with your brains and ingenuity, Sabine and Hera. <laughs> no good moves out there, champ. If someone had good moves, it was Sabine because she was like she was snipering people, like yeah. Rhinox. Like good moves, Sabine. Yeah. Speaking of that, I really like how so they're up safe in the ghost and they're flying away and Sabine like jumps in the rear turret and just keeps shooting at the Frynox, even though they're safe, even though they're getting away. She's just like ah! just shooting at them yeah. as they fly away. She has PTSD for sure. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Also, did you notice that two of the Frynox they killed when they shut the door on the ghost 
We're still on the ghosts. So they have dead Frynox <laughs> yeah, on the ghost right now. That yeah. stressed me out. I was Ew, like, I wonder, yeah, I was like I wonder if they're gonna yeah. dump those or eat those. <laughs> <laughs> they are usually low on food, so I don't know. But they I've didn't... heard Frynox and space waffles are delicious. <laughs> yeah. They better. Would they be like radioactive though after being shot with Probably. those things? It's like Would you want to eat that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also speaking of bad dialogue and the Minox is there's one like holding on and. What does Zev say? He's like, no hitchhikers and yeah. pushes it <laughs> off. It's like, wow, they got some cool quips. Like yeah. they had a lot of time to think about it while they weren't doing anything dangerous or useful. Yeah. <laughs> sitting on the ship. <laughs> yeah, I would not be able to say cool things like that in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I probably would have just yelled like, like ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> oh, no, I just run <laughs> and leave you guys to die. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I would have yelled in that moment. I would have yelled, Caden, save me! Caden, save me! Oh my gosh, Caden! <laughs> oh, mine's way more cool. I was going to say, I would have yelled, eat the butthole! <laughs> cool. Um, so they're back <laughs> on the ghost. Thanks. They're back on the ghost, and Sabine, mm-hmm. Sabine and Hera are having some girl time. Yeah. And Hera asks Sabine to have faith in the rebellion and assures her that they do trust her. And Sabine's just kind of like, okay, cool, thanks. Yeah. So she's over her trust issues. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Take that therapy. <laughs> Walk it off. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I actually like that she goes, I'll try. Yeah. She doesn't say, she's not like totally sold on it. She's not like, okay, fine. Like, I trust you implicitly. Like, she's kind of saying, like, okay, I'll try. Like, I see that you guys yeah. are, you guys trust me. On the other hand, though, do or do not, there is no try. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't know enough Star Wars to argue with you. So. <laughs> and then that's the end of the episode. Um, nice. Cool. Um, so how we end each episode is we do a little bit of a grading scale. So we rank Star Wars on our least favorite thing in Star Wars to our favorite thing in Star Wars. And then... We pick something in between. So, Mike, would you like to demonstrate how this Sure. Goes? So, the best thing, in st- worst thing in Star Wars to me is that C-3PO was created by Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> and, <So sad. laughs> and the best thing is watching Luke stare into the binary sunset on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I give this episode a rose kissing Finn on crate in The mm-hmm. Last Jedi, which to me were two characters who don't have a lot of chemistry together. And didn't really earn a scene. And that's how I feel about Hera and Sabine. I don't really like their chemistry. I like that they got stuff done. But this episode actually may be my least favorite of this season. This is like a C minus grade. So I'm going to go and I'm going to say my favorite thing or my least favorite thing in Star Wars is Jar Jar Binks being farted on by an EOP <laughs> and going, peace <laughs> uh, makes me laugh every time. It's so dumb. Um, and then my favorite thing is Luke and Vader's fight at the end of Return of the Jedi. And I am giving this episode a space worm from Empire Strikes Back because it takes place on an asteroid. There's weird freaky creatures. And it's my least favorite thing in Empire Strikes Back. And this is absolutely my least favorite episode in this season of Rebels. Mm. So I'm giving it like a D, maybe a D minus. I didn't, I don't like this episode very much. (laughs) 
Um, okay, I actually came up with Star Wars stuff. Awesome. Wow. Cool. <laughs> okay, so you my, were going to do The Office. I was going to do The Office. <laughs> but uh, So my favorite thing in Star Wars is Kylo Ren. Just, just in general, or just shirted. Adam Driver okay. yeah. um, with the high waisted pants. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, my least favorite thing is uh, the pew pew noise being super loud in the beginning of every movie. Um, I have a panic attack at the beginning of every single movie, and um, I would say on that scale, it would be Luke uh, milking one of those weird cows on the oh, island so that he lived it. in. It was great, right? No, it was awful and yeah. disturbing. No, it was. I, I I would give it like a I would give it a C as a feminist it it, okay it had a soft spot for me but fair um I it wasn't great (laughs) cool okay and so my least favorite thing in Star Wars is just the Phantom Menace. The whole movie. (laughs) I think it's an awful movie. Can we tell people what you said about it after I made you watch it a couple weeks ago? I don't even remember. I think your exact quote was that was an abomination. I don't even think that was a real movie. <laughs> it is oh, wow. really bad. Um, and then my favorite thing is Ray in Star Wars. I just yeah. think she's awesome. Mm. And I put kind of like my midpoint on my on my scale here is like Ewoks. And so I said this was like a little bit above Ewoks. Ewoks I feel very neutral on. Mm. Oh. So I would oh, say she this threw a C in there. I would put oh. it like a bu- a little bit above an Ewok. So an Ewok plus. Ewok plus, yeah. Oh, okay. It was a fine twenty two minutes of my life, right. and yeah. I like Hera. So I don't know. I feel nice. pretty good. Cool. Well, thank you. Well, thank yeah. you for being on this podcast. Thanks for being on Mansplaining Star Wars. And I'll see you in a few minutes on the way to Trader yeah. Joe's. What do you guys want to plug? Yeah. What do you want to plug? What are you What are you here to what's promote? It, what's going on in your classroom? I know. I'm here to plug Chabot Open House. This I'm here to plug. From 6.30 to 7.30. I'm here to plug. Please be quiet when I'm talking in class. I'm here to plug. Please be quiet all the time. Just whisper, please. Oh. Just the world is too And loud. my dog, Arrow. Yeah. And have you seen her? (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Mike. Yep. There's not a lot of information about various rebel spies throughout the galaxy. Yeah. But I got some. Ooh. And many Bothans died to bring us this information. It's a quote. You get it? Yep. You get it? Yep. We are talking about Fulcrum. <laughs> There's actually not a lot of information about Fulcrum. Mm-hmm. Um, because Fulcrum is a spy. So okay. why would there be a lot of information? Because Fulcrum would be a bad spy if there was. Uh, but I was interested to find now, out. Do you know, I'm going to contest that because I know so much about James Bond. He's not really a spy. Oh, yeah? He's more like an agent, I guess. There's, there's bucks and What's bucks his and middle bucks. name? Danger? See, so you don't know that much. Uh, Fulcrum. I was interested to learn is not one person, but a title used by several rebel informants in the Mm. years leading up to the Battle of Yavin. Mm. The purpose of Fulcrum spies was to gather and distribute intelligence and recruit new members to the rebel cause. So because there was such a tight imperial crackdown on 
free speech and happiness and, you know, just talking to your buds, you had to be very sneaky about recruitment. Um, so fulcrums were supposed to keep their identities as secret as possible and usually, usually used avatars and voice modulation during transmissions, which we have seen. Mm. The for, the first fulcrum established a spy network in partnership with Senator Bail Organa. Organa had already set up a ragtag secret intelligence network, which Fulcrum took over to establish better communication between rebel cells in different locations throughout the galaxy. Around 9 BBY, there were a number of Fulcrum agents that were using a special symbol to signify their allegiance. Mm. So we've seen this symbol in Rebels. It... um is what pops up on the hologram whenever Fulcrum is transmitting to the ghost. But did you know, we've also seen it a lot in, in World Clone of Warcraft. Wars. Oh, got it. <clears throat> so from World of Warcraft. I, I actually didn't know this. And now looking back at it, I feel very silly. But yeah, most people did not recognize the significance of the symbol like me. But a rebel pilot named... Miara Larte recognized the symbol because it's everywhere in the Clone Wars and was able to deduct the identity of the original fulcrum from that symbol. Yeah. It, um, don't spoil anything, but do you know the where it comes from? Mm-hmm. So I got the picture. Yep. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at a picture of the symbol and I'm looking at where it's from. Oh, my gosh. So if you know who fulcrum is, just look that up. I don't know if I... I don't know if I knew it before i knew who fulcrum was though yeah being honest but like looking at it now i'm like oh yeah that's where yeah in retrospect it was pretty sneaky actually i think it's it would have been very hard to put that two and two together without knowing who fulcrum was or reading a specific book about fulcrum because they discussed this but it's so obvious now we are all dummies yeah good job dave filoni you fooled Me. me um so Although many Fulcrum agents are still identified, I was interested to find out that Cassian Andor, who is also known as Latin Han Solo, from Rogue One, served as a Fulcrum agent in the Albario sector Hmm. a little bit before the events of Rogue One. Oh, interesting. Yep. Cool. That's all I got. Well, thank you. Rest in peace, Bothans. Bothans. So, um, how do you feel about me doing a little deep dive, Peter? I would love if you did that. Okay. Well, I was going to do it anyways. Just make it good or pay the price. I don't get it, but I'm going to keep going. I think it's a reference, but I don't know to what. It's, what is that a reference? Get it right or pay the price. Oh, salute your shorts. Oh, there it is. That's right. Salute your shorts. Okay, great. Yeah. Great show. All right. Well, anyways... Today's deep dive is on Sabine Wren. Yay! So, Sabine Wren, the human, was born on the snowy planet of Cronest into Clan Wren. By the way, I love that her, the planet is Cronest with mm-hmm. a K. That's tight. It's like corn with a K. Cronest <laughs> with a K. Into wait, wait, Clan wait. Wren that... of House Vizla. 
the the Mandalorian planet is called Cronest. Well, that's the planet. Huh. The, the planet. See, crow nest, like just like it sounds, one word, except it's with a K. It's a frigid world of snow and ice. It's the home of Clan Ren. Yeah, Mandalorians. Yeah, isn't that weird? So the planet yeah. she was born onto. I guess I just assumed it would be like Mandaloria because that seems very Star Wars. Crow nest. Well, hmm. I think the Mandalorians are spread out. I think this is just one of them. I don't know if that. Wait, there's only yeah. one Mandalorian. Yes, just one, and he exploded, <laughs> and is everywhere now. No, well, anyways, and I also love that for like for the terrain, it says mountain and climate. It just says cold. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the input. Cool. Anyways, that's, that's that's the planet she was born on. Her mother, Ursa, was a member of Death Watch, which we will get into in later episodes. But it's a splinter group, basically, that opposed the peaceful Mandalorian government and became a part of Darth Maul's Shadow Collective, mm. which successfully took control of Mandalore. Um, I love, I love all that. I just love all those words. That's and just so a she cool was name trained for a club. Yeah, I know. Shadow Collective. Shadow Collective. <laughs> Darth Maul's Shadow Collective. Tyler Perry's Shadow Collective. <laughs> so she was trained from an early age in Mandalorian warrior culture. Ren forged her distinctive armor with her family, uh, but also inherited her Night Owl's helmet, which is an elite unit within Death Watch. So hmm. it's like. So she did a lot of questing to get this armor. <laughs> nice. Um, Nice. nice. Uh, she also attended the Imperial Academy as an Imperial cadet. Uh, as a youth, she believed in the Empire and even put uh, herself through some pretty rough training and followed orders blindly in pursuit of this. But during her time at the Academy, as we know, she studied some... She studied various things, like tactics of the Twi'lek... Re, uh, she studied, sorry, under the Twi'lek resistance leader, Sham Sindula and Mandalorian journeyman protector leader Fen Ro during the Clone Wars. Wait, so you, did you just say, did you just say she mm -hmm. trained under Sham Syndulla? Mm-hmm. So she trained under... Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, Hera's no, no, no. dad? I, I, I flubbed that. She studied the tactics of... Oh, uh, okay. That Sham makes Syndulla. Sense. Yeah, yeah, not under. I said under. Yeah. No, no. Please don't throw things at me, everyone. <laughs> um, so this would eventually uh, put her... So kind of learning all of this would put her at odds with um, some of the other things that she was learning in, in the Empire, which is weird that she... I, I feel like she must have studied this in her free time. Like mm. this wasn't like, you know, a class you could take at the Empire. Well, judging from this, the episode we saw at Empire School, I think the only class they have is climbing out of wells. Yeah. So this was some free time stuff. <laughs> Just a lot of free time Wikipedia. Yeah. They probably have Wikipedia. So, um, yeah, when she, uh, eventually, um, she would leave the Academy, um, and the empire, um, for some reasons we're not going to get too deep into cause there's whole episodes in season four about this, but basically she helped create this devastating weapon for the empire called mm. the Duchess. What it does, I'm not going to get too deep into because we'll get there. Uh, so she escapes, she leaves. Um, and when she spoke up initially against the Empire after creating all this stuff, there was some kind of fallout for her family, her mother, her father, and her brother 
ended up siding with the Empire and casting her out. Her, ho- her father kind of became a hostage to Viceroy Gar Saxon, the Emperor's Hand, and the kind of imperial puppet ruler of Mandalore at the time. And her mother was forced to prove her clan's loyalty to the Empire, while her brother was forced to serve in Saxon's imperial super, com- uh, super commandos so that his family could like remain in favor because Sabine really put him in a rough a rough position. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, um, when she was escaping from Mandalore, quick, some quick thing, fun things I found out about her, she got some a good amount of help from the Wookiees. Huh. So she's always felt a, kind of a debt to them. Um, as you know, she's kind of, first and foremost, a free-spirited artist. <laughs> and... Uh, Hippie. Can't get a job. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's, she's many things as are many of these characters, um, you know, acrobatic warrior, saboteur, she's super good at explosives. She's like this artist. Um, and she is, I like this thing where they call her a splicer mm-hmm. instead of like, I'm thinking that's what they call hackers in this universe. They call them splicers. Slicer? Um, splicer. Really? Oh, slicer. Slicer. Oh, okay. Slicer. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like a different thing. <laughs> no, so she's a slicer, which is like, sounds like a hacker, I guess. Pretty yeah. Much. Um, something cool about her, she carries those two blasters. Those, I don't know if it's Weestar or W-E-S-T-A-R, but it's like one word, 35 huh. Wester? blaster Wester, yeah. or it's Wester. West, yeah, that makes huh. more sense. <laughs> they're Wester 35 <laughs> blaster pistols. Well, because everywhere I'm finding them, they're all in caps. Yeah, so I don't and know. things are Western pronounced 35. weird in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So. We star. <laughs> we see her. We find out she's fluent in like a bunch of languages. We see that in um, mm-hmm. the third episode of this season, right? Um, yeah, she speaks Galactic Basic, Mando, uh, a Mandoa. Sorry, not man. It's not Mandalorians. Mandoa, Hutties, huh. Rodian, Aqualish, Binary, and some Shriwook. I'm guessing. Wow. Encounter with the Wookies. So she's, yeah, so she is a, a, quite the catch. Um, she is adept at using Mandalorian van braces, which is like part of her equipment that come like equipped with repulsors, grappling lines, paralyzing darts, a shield admitter, a flamethrower, <laughs> and of course her paired blaster barrels. That's so sick. I feel like her costume was very weak in this season, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to get seeing her with like the cool gauntlets yeah. and the the I think it's cooler. The rocket backpack. Yeah. 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 And yeah, all of her stuff definitely gets cooler. Yeah. Right now she's um, just wearing like dishwasher gloves. That's what it looks like. Yeah. But what's cool about her helmet and her armor and her jetpack is they can also operate in zero gravity space. Mm-hmm. Like what you would assume a stormtrooper should be able to do. Like she can do. So you'll see episodes where like they're just like Mandalorians are just like zooming through space. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And also yeah. fun note, she developed a strong dislike for water from a, uh, during an underwater mission gone wrong that would, um, <laughs> and this was this note that I found was so dumb. Someone was saying that they think she also doesn't like water because it washes away her art. <laughs> what i don't know but like that uh, note was like that's malarkey well it's important to hydrate uh, so don't listen to sabine she's a bad role model yeah she's voiced by actress tia uh sikar yeah she's uh on the good place 
and she's yes. really funny on that. I like I like her. Yeah. So yeah, like great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> according to this StarWars.com blogger James Burns, and he's like a big time blogger for StarWars.com. Um, I've been reading a lot of his stuff and he's, he has some really interesting things to say, but Sabine, so he said Sabine's, uh, Ren's name was a reference to Sabine women from Roman history. And so like this legendary episode in Roman history influenced later Western literature and films like Stephen Vincent, uh, Vincent Benet's short story, the Sabine women in the 1950s musical seven brides for seven brothers. <laughs> Which I think that was funny. It's a lot of but brides and brothers. Bur- huh, about 14. Um, <laughs> but Burns also confirmed that uh, the Star Wars Rebel- Rebels, direct- Re- Rebels director Dave Filoni. And I'm going to stop here and say, I know I have said Fellini in the past. And I'm apologizing. <laughs> I know Fellini is a famous Italian director. <laughs> not a flipping. Nerf herder. Simple, simple Jack. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Dave Filoni and producer Simon Kinberg had named Sabine and the other protagonists after historical and biblical figures to give them a greater sense of purpose. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. And that's about, and that's a little look at, uh, Sabine Wren. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot more about her as her character develops that we'll get to know. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, let's also say thank you to our wives for putting Mm -hmm. up with our stuff and coming on the podcast with us. Thank you. I think they did a great job and I'm very happy that they were involved. I'm very proud. Very proud of my wife for spotting the Jurassic Park reference I wanted to make. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very proud of my wife for wanting to execute so many people. Amen. (laughs) Well, cool. Well... Um, until next time, you know where to find us, guys. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, yep. Facebook. Rebels, Rebels Pod. You can email us, Rebels, Rebels Pod, gmail.com. And until next time, be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Peace. See ya. Peace.